Okay, guys, this is the Three Count Wrestling Podcast, and this week we will be talking about the WWE addresses the accusations made over the Saudi Arabia show, how Becky Lynch wanting to drop the title to a certain someone, and the possible new location for SummerSlam 2020. All that and more this week on the Three Count Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Three Count Wrestling Podcast, a podcast made by fans for fans. Join me, the Professor Cody Wilson, and stunning Steve Krasniak for news, general topic discussions, predictions, and reviews here on the Light Blue Podcast Network. And now, here's me. Thanks me for that awesome intro. Okay, so, like you guys heard at the top of the program, uh, we have a bunch of different news stories this week to talk about, and... We are going to rebook the Nexus. We will only go up to the SummerSlam of the year that they uh, fought in at the main event and leave it at that because that was should have been how everything should have ended. But that's just me. Well, not ended, but... That, that particular plot. Yeah, that particular plot point of the Nexus storyline, how it should change. Right. Um... So, we'll try to make it comical, we'll try to do this, that, and the other thing, but, uh, yeah, so like I said, at the top, like, the top of the program told you guys, uh, we have a bunch of news stories to cover, and this week, the first one we're gonna start with is the possible new location for SummerSlam 2020. So, with uh, pay-per-view still up in the air, it was reported by WrestleVotes today that the company is very much unsure about where the pay-per-view will be held and if there will be fans there. It was noted that two or three weeks ago, a source was certain that WWE would find a way to hold SummerSlam with an audience, but now they're not so sure. Okay, so they have no idea how the hell they're going to do it. It's supposed to be in the middle of August. The fuck? Right, and still going to ceremony on top of it. Yeah, they were they said they were gonna uh do the ceremony behind it but now that's screwed. Right, so those poor those guys that deserve to be in there now are gonna wait even longer. Yeah. I just uh, thought of that one. Yeah that jeez that sucks now. Um It also says that WWE officials do not want to hold SummerSlam at the Performance Center, but that option is said to very much be on the table. The decision was described as not yet intimate in the new report. Um, it was originally scheduled for, oh, the end of August. I'm sorry, two days before my birthday, August 23rd. Uh, my birthday's August 25th. Uh, in Boston, Mass, at the TD Gardens, and now it will be moved due to the pandemic. I'm honestly, I hope they find somewhere else because I'm getting sick of looking at the performance center. It was it was a cool gimmick at first, but now it's with the whole plexiglass setup. It's like if I want to see plexiglass, I'll watch hockey. I was gonna say it looks like a hockey arena at this point, especially when guys were getting checked into it. I'm like the NXT match between Gargano and Keith Lee. Holy hell, that was a great spot. Uh, Keith Lee's my boy, but I feel so bad for Johnny Gargano. If that does not show up in the next WWE 2K game, I'm not buying it. 
I you know I want to be able to flex it. I would like pound somebody plexiglass. I don't care. Right. And bring back put your sick in. Put what? Oh, the old games, how you can upload your own music and use it for creative and creative wrestlings. They're really, really thinking about doing that. Really? Oh, yeah, they're, they're thinking about uh, trying to do something with Spotify. Because I know Spotify is available on PlayStation 4. An Xbox and One, I've, PC. Right, it's the smart thing to do because there are on the game systems as it is. Right. Um, the, the, the biggest things about, sweet, sorry, this is gonna be a diversion from the, this one to the next headline guy, but we're gonna talk about the video game for a second. Um, WWE 2K did a, uh, a Reddit, like, Q&A type thing. Pretty much got demolished for the 2020 game, which was funny. I actually enjoyed that I like the game too. I mean, I haven't. Even, I've, only, I, I've only had a couple moments. I've career, had nothing. That was about it. The I've had nothing. Career, the one time in career mode, that's the world match towards the end with the male character. Spoilers if anybody doesn't. Um, but there was within an hour, I blue screened five times. Ouch. And the one time I had eliminated everybody, but it didn't recognize me eliminating the last person, so I got softlocked before President Rock came. <laughs> oh so my I god. Had, I, I had a fight with it for like two hours. I was like, I'm just going to play it tomorrow. I'm done. If it was a physical copy, I would have I chucked it against the wall. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, I guess that Xbox is having a huge sale on the game. It's like seventy percent off right now. The deluxe yeah. edition. Yeah. Yeah, I know. For PlayStation, like a month ago, it was like twenty bucks. Twenty five well, bucks. Well, they got to get their money's back somehow. Right. Um. Oh boy, this is gonna be a long news line. But uh, no, about the game, it um. So, like I was saying, they did a Reddit Q&A, and they asked everybody, for a poll pretty much, what would you like in the game? What would they want to listen to the fans? What do you want in this game? If you hadn't already taken a guess, the first thing that was on the list is GM mode. They want that back. Everybody <laughs> wants that back. Actual GM mode. I know. People say, there's universe mode. It ain't the same thing. I like having a clean slate, picking one show, which for me is always going to be NXT, and build up my roster with having so much money for that. Right. And see, that's the thing that I would I would love to have a GM mode. I actually want to buy, like, 2007 again. And, and a 360, just to do, like, a GM mode type video. Like, you and me or something, like... Do general manager from Raw and SmackDown to see who could win in a year. Right, I know there's an exploit for that. That's kind of fun. Um, or have Chris even involved and do 2008 with ECW? With ECW, yeah. But uh, no, yeah, I think it, you would just leave ECW as a computer because 
whoever gets ECW, it's, it's really not fair. Right. It's like the only has one title and that was it. <clears throat> yeah, right. Um, but uh, they wanted to... They want to do the music iteration. They want to do a huge overhaul in the creation suite. They want to do... Um, they're doing a whole bunch of new things that they want to do, and GM mode is at the top of their list. I sure hope so. So, with that being said, it's going to be an interesting year for this game to come out and everything. Yeah, we got a couple of years to do it, so... Right. Don't screw um, it up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, the next news story is how Becky Lynch wanting to drop the title to someone, and how when she started a family with Seth Rollins. So, this is off the Bella's podcast that, and they're not even like Hall of Fame elects or anymore, or however they pronounced it on WrestleMania. It says WWE Hall of Famers Bella Twins. So they probably already gave them the rings and everything. That's what it's I'm thinking. The, act, the actual ceremony itself right. is probably still up in the air. Right. So, it says, this is the beginning part of the interview, uh, Lynch had been away from WWE since announcing her retirement on the post-Money in the Bank Raw in late May. Uh, she relinquished the Raw Women's title to the Money in the Bank winner, Asuka, that same night, and Lynch revealed to the Bellas that she had originally pitched dropping the title at WrestleMania 36 to Baszler. Right. Which um, I'm honestly surprised that didn't happen. Right, and Becky noted that she had made the pitch as she and Rollins had been trying to have a kid around that time. Right, because like she, well, I did obviously nobody knew that was going on, but I think she had it for a year. But I knew Vince was sour on Shayna even before that, but he had backed himself in a corner in the elimination chamber to make her the only the only viable winner at that. Point. Well, I mean, you could have made Asuka win and then have her fight Becky at the ch- at, at WrestleMania. But, and then again, you could have had Shayna Baszler win Money in the Bank and have her become the new champion. Could have, but... And they didn't do it. She, I don't think she's been on actual TV since that Money in the Bank match. She has not, yeah, she has not been on TV since that Money in the Bank ladder match. How sad is that? We're almost, we're in July. She hasn't been on for almost two months. And she used to be on NXT somehow every week. Right. Um, so. So this is what she said. This is what she was saying in the podcast. I don't know about you guys, but you have your goals and you're working towards everything. But back in my mind, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to be a mother and have a family. I knew I wanted to try and have a baby before 35. Then I met Seth Rollins and I was like, perfect, this is my person. By the way, his real name is Colby, if anybody wanted to know that. I actually knew that. 
Um, this was always the plan. We started trying, and I thought it would take a long time, and it didn't. We were super lucky. It happened before I would have had expected. I was still the champ at the time. I actually thought I was going to lose the title at Mania, which I also pitched. That was the end of it. Plans changed. Regarding the pitch title loss at Mania, the man noted that she wanted to get defeated really quickly to drop the title. The idea was next, but then there was an idea for a tournament to determine the new number one contender, with the competitors not knowing that they would really be competing for the title. It was noted that due to money in the bank, WWE ending up merging the two ideas together. Yeah. Okay. So Lynch said she was going to wait until after she was done with her in-ring career to have a family, but she changed her mind because she believes men don't wait around to become a father. <laughs> that is the best I mean, thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Becky Lynch is amazing. Holy shit. She's a type of person that says what comes to her mind, and that's why I like her for She just doesn't Air. Right. Same um, thing with same thing with Seth or Kobe or whatever it is. But I think it's Kobe Lopez or something like that. Whatever. Yeah. It's a weird it's a weird thing, but it's kinda of funny. Yeah. Um later or Lynch later said she felt sick after thirty six, which led to an early pregnancy test. She said she read the test results incorrectly at first, and later came back from the gym and saw that there were two lines on the test. I think that's when she went to the one that clearly said pregnant or not pregnant on it. Right. Oh my lord. That's that's kind of funny, I'm not gonna lie. But uh <laughs> I just I just like that line. Uh she changed her mind because she believes that men don't wait around to become a father. <laughs> Nine times out of ten it's like it happens, it happens. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's good. So, she wanted to drop the title to Shayna. Yeah. So, if your champion is saying, let me, let, let me drop the title to her. She's the only credible one. She's the only one that I haven't beaten. So, let her beat me. Give me a chance to pretty much come back and tell the world that I had a child. And then beat her ass for the title again. Yeah, because after Becky Lynch had that belt for a year, given with how big of a face she was, having Shayna, basically it sounded like she wanted to have a squad match against Shayna. Mm-hmm. I mean, she get a couple things off of you, like Simon, but Shayna gets out of it like super quick. And that would give her such a heat and such a push to have her keep it, like you said, until Becky Lynch came back. Like, Shayna's like, I've beaten everybody here, yada, yada, yada. And then right. you hear Becky's music hit. Yeah, it's that's so one. weird. But Vince, obviously, that wasn't good shit. Yeah, that wasn't good shit, pal. So that got scored. And, that and it just got, it just got kiboshed. Pretty much. Which sucks, because that, I, in my opinion, that's how I thought Mania was going to go. That's how I thought I, it was going to go. Honestly, so did I. I'm a huge Lynch fan. I hate Shayna. But that's what, that's what her character's trying to do. She wants you to hate her. 
so she's doing her job. Right, exactly. But I, I, I really thought that Becky was not walking out of being with it. Oh, fuck no. There was no way and, she was supposed to walk out with it. But then Vince is just like, here you go, take the title. Thanks, Vince. It's like, and then when I see her winning, I'm like, okay, when's Ronda's music going to hit? Right, that's what I was thinking. Like, if, if it wasn't for that, because then Ronda like, should have showed up and been like, I'm back, bitches. Right, because I was like, okay, Becky won. Where's Ronda's music? Where's Ronda? Because the whole horsewoman of MMA thing, I figured she was going to come out and you know stand up for her buddy Shayna. Right. And go out to Becky because Becky took her title at the WrestleMania before that. And then that didn't happen. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Jesus. I was actually disappointed in the Becky Lynch one for once. Yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. Like, it was like, uh. Ooh. I get that. At that. least when, just for an example, when Asuka won on that two and a half year care of the NXT women's title. It was made entertaining. Right. It went to Becky Lynch year long. It was entertaining at first, but it got stale halfway. Okay. So. Yeah, it was just, it was just weird, but it, really it is what it is. Pretty So, last and finally, not least, trust me, this is this is going to be a big one. The WWE addressed the accusations made over the Saudi Arabia story, and they are move. They're moving to dismiss the suit. Not with the Saudi Arabia that we're talking about. Now, the Saudi Arabia incident that we're talking about is the one where. It was the Super Showdown on Halloween night of last year, where The Fiend won the Universal title from Seth Rollins, and then got shit on. So, here's what allegedly happened, and this is from an anonymous wrestler who was in who's currently worked for the company at the time. The anonymous wrestler confirmed that the flight was delayed and no one knew why. The staff on the flight gave the multiple explanations of why they couldn't take off. Mechanical failures. Um, some of the wrestlers recall seeing the plane surrounded by members of the Saudi Arabia military. When the anonymous wrestler asked the stewardess about the situation, she said, it seems someone doesn't want us to leave this country. That sounds a little uh, suspicious. Um, that sounds sketchy as hell. Right. He described the pilot as being very distressed. He explained that the situation was being described by personnel as a hostage situation. This is an anonymous wrestler from, and I don't remember what the years it was. I think it was like when he was in co- in the company's ownership. It was from 2013 or 2014 to... 2019 or 2020 whichever when he got released um 
Said wrestler still then spoke to the director of talent relations, Mark Carano, about what was going on. He explained to him that Vince McMahon and the Crown Prince got into an argument over money owed to the WWE for a previous event. This argument made the Prince very mad. McMahon purposely did not air the first 30 minutes of the pay-per-view as a result of their argument. In retaliation, the print, and by that, he didn't mean on the network. He meant in circulation in Saudi Arabia. So the first 30 minutes of the pay-per-view that was in circulation and closed circuit circulation in Saudi Arabia was not shown. This is what the anonymous, yeah, how pissed off would you be? This is what the anonymous wrestler is saying. Right. Um, uh, the prince was holding them hostage. This is in retaliation to not showing the first 30 minutes. Okay. He also mentioned that once they made it back home, wrestlers were scared to speak out about the situation and feared they'd be fired and have nowhere else to go for work. He adds that wrestlers who did speak out about it did so anonymously to journalists, and the WWE went out of their way to dismiss these stories as conspiracy theories. Yeah, I remember. Now, is this the show that um, SmackDown, the next SmackDown was in Buffalo? The next night was the SmackDown in Buffalo where the people who didn't go to Saudi Arabia because they said no after the journalist got his head fucking cut off, who was an American, right. when they were in fear of their lives, go figure, Why NXT took over the night. Oh, I wish I could have went to that one when I found out. Tell me about when it. I, when I found out NXT guys, I was like, mother flocker. Right. <laughs> um. So they talked. They pretty much WWE dismissed them as the spir- as conspiracy theories. Uh, the wrestlers. They, oh, go on. I know. I'm like as they would. Right. Exactly. Uh, the wrestlers said that many other wrestlers went to management and told them that they would not go back to Saudi Arabia in the future. But the company abused their powers, and implied that their careers were at stake if they didn't go. Several other wrestlers took to Twitter to make cryptic messages aimed at being displeased with the situation and how the company handled it. There is an aspect of the situation where Vince McMahon's flight was able to leave the country, and he abandoned the rest of the fucking roster. I remember about that. You got the gajones just to take off when you all your back in this hostile situation. And we need this like tra-la-la-la, got money, la-la-la. Right. Um the wrestler did not cover this portion and is just as likely that his flight left before he knew there was there'd even be an issue there'd even be issues. Okay. Right. So, okay, so he thinks that McMahon's flight left before all this shit happened. At least that's the way I read that. I could be wrong on that, though. Um, yeah, on top of that... Yeah. Nope, continue. No, because I thought I heard that Britain's plane left as it was going on. Right. Um, for those of you keeping score at home, those are the original details that came out before word got around that the story was heavily over-exaggerated. Several news outlets recanted on their stance of the situation or even stopped covering it altogether due to top stars doing interviews that disproved the above details. This led to several stories of top stars doing rah-rah speeches backstage, including Seth Rollins being credited for one that he denied. 
Those rumors eventually led into Rollins' heel turn as people were beginning to turn on him for many reasons, but among them was his pro-WWE stance during that time. I don't remember any interview of Seth Rollins being pro-WWE or pro-like... Saudi Arabia didn't happen. It was a myth. Like, I didn't hear any of that. No, that had to be all backstage. So that's what I... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, that it was all backstage. So then... Um... The class action lawsuit... Which was filed by the city of Kansas City, Missouri... They believe the testimony of the anonymous former WWE talent um, that confirms details of the Saudi Arabia travel debacle. Um, yeah, he still they still recall it as a hostage situation. So in an update in like when was this? In an update in of June sixteenth, twenty twenty. Uh, their longtime attorney, Jerry McDevitt, of the K&L Gates Law Firm, issued a statement to Forbes denying the allegations. Um, McDevitt also noted that three different firms had been on the suits, but the first two dropped their lawsuits to avoid sanction notions. The third firm continued with their suit, and that's where the anonymous wrestler was cited. McDevitt referred to the wrestler as disgruntled and said they have no knowledge of the facts. He added that WWE is preparing their response to the lawsuit and will be moving to have it dismissed. So here's McDevitt's full statement. These false allegations were originally made in two suits filed by two different law firms. After the court appointed a third firm to be led counsel, WWE provided all three law firms with specific detail facts from the persons with actual knowledge of the situation, including the phony allegation about the plane. The first two law firms then dropped their lawsuits to avoid sanction motions, but the third firm chose to ignore the specific facts that they had been been provided and instead cited an unnamed disgruntled former wrestler with no knowledge of the facts. WWE is preparing its response to the lawsuit and will be removing it or moving it to have it dismissed. So now here's where we're at full circle today, July 1st. Right? Today is the 1st of July? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. My days are all screwed up. That's fine. It happens to me sometimes, too. So, ooh, this gets in a little bit more detail. I love it. Okay, so. The juicy bits. The juicy, juicy bits. Um, Double juicy. (laughs) So, it continued, the WWE continued to move forward to try to drop the whole freaking class action lawsuit by the city of Warren... Oh, now the, now it was filed by, so now I'm trying to see this here. Okay, so the whole class action lawsuit was filed by the City of Warren, Michigan Police and Fire Retirement System. Now, I, I wonder why it's that. I think it's one of the stock shareholders. I could be wrong. Right, um including the dealings, blah, 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 blah. It included multiple separate suits and is led by the Firefighters Pension System of the City of Kansas City, Missouri Trust. Okay, so it is part of the stockholders thing. So this is going to be a stockholders lawsuit, so it's actually getting a lot more interesting. Right. Um, 
The, the pension system claims they've lost more than $121 million because of the stock price dropping. It's alleged that the WWE made misleading statements regarding oh. their dealings with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and state-run TV network MB, MBC. M as in man, not N as in nickel. Which caused the stock to drop. So there, so this pension system of Kansas City is trying to claim that they've lost over $120 million due to the stock price drop, dropping when it dropped after the whole alleged hostage situation happened and the stock plummeted. I knew this whole Saudi Arabia thing when it first started was going to be a shit show anyway. Right. But here's the thing. When when the stock plummeted that day, it, it plummeted the day after all this shit happened. Wow. Once it all came to light. Yeah. It went from like $48 a, sh- a share to like, it dropped like $10 a share. And that the stock market, I'm assuming that's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And that that does equal out to $121 million. Right. Because every little bit does add up. And if you have that lot of shares, yeah, I'd be pissed too. Right. So, it was noted that the motion, uh, in the motion, that WWE feels statements from investor documents caution stockholders that agreements between the company and NBC were ongoing and that the new TV deal for that region was not finalized. Okay, so it, I'm trying to decipher this as much as I can. I'm not that big in the stock market thing, but oh. it from from what it says, at least from what I'm reading, that the statements made from the trust, the firefighters' pension system, cautioned other stockholders that agreements between WWE and MBC were ongoing and that their new TV deal for that region, that whole country, was not finalized. So that, in turn, made stocks plummet. Because if they don't have that deal finalized, there's no reason for investors to put their time and money into the into the company. Which makes sense. Right. Um, so, the WB also denies allegations from the lawsuit that had to do with... Um, Vince McMahon and the infamous Crown Jewel pay-per-view. So it says that the suit mentioned that the story was Vince allegedly cut the Crown Jewel pay-per-view feed. Which, that happened. And (laughs) this happened, apparently this happened once before with Crown Jewel. (laughs) Where they were held fucking hostage. It's every... This whole crown jewel crap is nothing more than a glorified house show. It's a, it's a mega house show, if you think about it. It's like bigger than Madison Square Garden's house shows. Right. It's just they're so light and boring and predictable. That of so, course, it's gonna happen. 
<laughs> oh, this whole shit is great. Um, <laughs> Every time I hear it on Saudi Arabia, show more. What the hell is going to happen now? Every time. Right. What the fuck? Okay. What? So, there. <laughs> this whole thing is a bunch of bullshit. Oh, God, I can't wait to hear this one. Okay. I don't know what CAC means. But... Apparently, so the only sources cited in, I'm going to say the CAC is the class action lawsuit. Okay, class action claim. Are two confidential witnesses, neither of whom interacted with the individual defendants, participated in negotiations over MENA rights, the M-E-A-N rights deal, or worked at WWE's corporate offices. Declarations provided by defendants prior to filing the class action case and a series of news reports that consisted almost exclusively of unsupported content cherry-picked from wrestling websites founded on multiple layers of hearsay and unverified statements from Twitter. Oh my god! The WWE also dismissed recent statements on the matter made by former, former Spanish language announcer Hugo Snaviat. I can't. Sorry, dude. I cannot pronounce your last name for the fuck of me. Hugo Savanovich? Yes, that one. I don't know why you know that. Because um, I remember Marcus Cabrera and Hugo Savanovich. Whatever. Um, he was the first one of the first people to speak out about the incident in the kingdom. I, Re- I take it you heard this too? Yep, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Okay. The Hugo part, I remember hearing about. Yeah. The, the, the WWE responded with, The allegations are all based on speculation from news reports, such as a wrestling-focused website that itself is based on statements by a WWE Spanish commentator who is not employed by WWE and who's based his own story on another unnamed party. Okay. Um... The filing also mentioned reports from a self-proclaimed wrestling journalist, I'm going to say Dave fucking Meltzer, and how his story was later aggregated by several wrestling-focused sites that were responsible for the various stories. Oh, you mean Uncle Dave spreads bullshit? I didn't know there's such a thing. Who the fuck would have known? Right. Oh my god. He's the most shit spreader I've ever seen. Okay. So, here's... Here's what is said from WWE. The WWE's motion also said the fees owed by the Saudis for events in 18 and 19 have been paid. The only outstanding payment the kingdom owes to WWE are certain reimbursable costs related to 2019 Crown Jewel, amounting to approximately $2.4 million. Now. What the fuck? <laughs> So, this whole thing is bullshit. Oh, 
A, Kansas City, or the, this is for a firefighter's pension system who put stock in WWE. Think. Let, let's put this in perspective here. A firefighter's pension system went and bought stock and put money in investing into the WWE. Which makes no fucking sense, but whatever. Hey, your money, do what you want with it. Right. I'm fine with that. But you should understand that the WWE is the WWE. Shit goes sideways often and fast. Yeah. Like, you know how normal people see shit hitting the fan? You step to the side of the fan. So you don't get hit with shit. Right. Vince McMahon is literally standing in front of the fan, counting his money. One million, two million, three million dollars, four million, five million, six million dollars. And also, here's more shit. Yeah. Oh my god. So, they're pretty much telling everybody in this lawsuit that the guy that said all the statements is wrong. People who have said these statements beforehand is wrong. It's all bullshit. We're sorry you lost money into the stock, but you're not going to get that money back. Right, because at the same time, stock markets, you should know where you put your money. They can fluctuate at, at the drop of a dime. That's a gamble. Right, but they, (laughs) so pretty much the reason why they're suing them for the lost money is not because of the gamble they took in the stock market, is because of the bullshit, if it's true or not, so be it, but in their minds they think it's true is the bullshit business decisions that Vince McMahon made in Saudi Arabia, and they want him to pay for those decisions, period. my thought on that is, unfortunately, it's like, I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, it happens. Vince McMahon has never lost a lawsuit. That too. He's lost settlements. Right. <laughs> As one comes to mind, Sable. Um, but, it's just ridiculous it's just ridiculous that he they, people think that Vince McMahon will lose a lawsuit yeah no he beat the federal fucking government one right and if Vince ever loses a lawsuit that might be one of the sides of the actual apocalypse yeah Give or take. Like, think about it. He beat the federal fucking government in a steroid trial. Right. But honestly, with the way this year's going, anything's possible. <laughs> 2020, let's give us a good fucking snake eyes. <laughs> right. I'm convinced by October we're going to have zombies. And at the end of December, Cthulhu's going to rise out of the water with a Santa hat on. It's just... It's... But anyway, yeah, Vince would not have any loss. A trial like that, or that, it's like you really gonna think a pension fund. It's like me trying to take on friggin', let's just say, for example, like a Walmart. 
just as a general idea. There's no way in the hell I'm going to be a corporation like that. What makes Fuck you think, no. think a firefighter's pension fund is going to friggin' away some billion-dollar company? Right. But the amount of lawyers they have... And the lawyer that they've had for the longest time, Mark? Fuck, he's, uh... He's been there a long time. He's seen some shit. I think he. I think he's been there since the fucking federal steroid trial. Which I mean, saying something of itself. Right. Oh boy, that was that last one took a lot out of me. So we're going to take a quick break. You guys are going to hear the ad read from Anchor.fm, and then we will come back and do the rebooking of the Nexus to SummerSlam 2010. (laughs) (laughs) So here it is, Anchor.fm. Today's podcast is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. Who doesn't want to who doesn't want to do stuff for free? The creation tools uh that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. How simple is that? Can't do anything better than that. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means you can have zero listeners and still be able to try to make money. That is so cool. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. So, me, Steve, and the Nexus, rebooking the Nexus. Uh, we're going to do it our way, which is funny because that's all we can do. Um, <laughs> so... The Nexus. When did the Nexus debut, Steve? Uh, still trying to remember. 2009, 2010? Maybe later. I can't honestly remember. There's so much crap that's happened since then. It's hard to keep track of it all. Okay. I got it. The Nexus was... The Nexus debuted June 7th, 2010. Was that the night that they attacked Cena and basically did the ring crew's work by destroying the ring? Yes. Yes, it was. I, I remember that night. I just forgot the date, actual date. Oh, boy. So. It, it's a weird... It was the viewer choice edition of Raw, which saw Punk face Cena... For some reason, I don't remember why that match happened. I think it was because it was the viewer's choice. Right, those were the two hottest people at the moment. Right. But, uh... Honestly, I just wanted to see Cena go to sleep, but that's another story, (laughs) right? Right? So, the angle started off pretty good. It, it, it actually started off great. The Nexus were just destroying people one after the other. They debuted destroying 
John Cena uh, destroying the ring, destroying the announcer table, destroying this, destroying that. Um, it's like something at the time during that particular era hasn't been seen really. The Attitude Era, if that would have happened then, it would have been nothing. Oh, God, it no, yeah. But in the ruthless aggression slash PG-ish era, yeah, that, some of that stuff was, they were kind of moving away from it. And to do something, especially to John Cena, who everybody loved at the time. Right. Some of them still do, but that was really before the John Cena sucks chance and the booze that he was getting. For these, what was it, eight people who really haven't seen before. I mean, we've seen them on, like, the NXT tryouts or whatever we used to do them back then. But eight fairly new people is coming out of nowhere, obliterating Cena. Right. And if you were watching... Uh, NXT when it was the game show, like I was. I so was I. Um, you saw that these were the eight rookies from the show. Right. Now, here's where everything gets interesting. Night won the Nexus debuts. Daniel Bryan's already fired from the company. <laughs> right. Then we come to find out that Daniel Bryan choked Justin Roberts too hard with his own tie without his permission. So that's grounds for firing. Okay. Um, I'll I'll allow it. I don't care. It's dumb, but it what? is what it is. Yeah. But now you have Wade Barrett, Darren Young, Skip Sheffield, the new Ryback, Michael Tarver. Uh, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, David Otunga. Yeah. So you have those seven. Right, which honestly none of them really amounted to much. Except Daniel Bryan. Right, and well, Heath Slater had the I Got Kids, and well, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for the rest of them. Yeah, pretty much. Um. So, Darren Young became primetime players with Titus O'Neil. That went nowhere. Skip Sheffield became Ryback, became Intercontinental Champion, and then that's it. Uh, Michael Tarver was a former stripper. That's all I got. Um, <laughs> that's, that's all I fucking got. At least he looked like he was a former stripper. That's that's all and I got. At least he wasn't Ryback. Right. Uh, Justin Gabriel. Two or three time tag team champion. And that's it for him. Uh, Heath Slater, I don't know, four, four or five time tag team champion, including the SmackDown tag team championships. That's it. Uh, oh, uh, and a former 24-7 champion. Uh, that's right, yeah. Um, David Otunga, three time tag team champion, I believe. Let's be honest, his true came to flame is Jennifer Hudson. That, and he's a Harvard lawyer. They could always use more lawyers on their legal team. Um, that too. And Wade Barrett became an Intercontinental Champion. And, and that's the King it? Of the Ring, and the King of the Ring winner. Oh, that's right. Former King of the Ring winner. That's right. You're right. Um, and Daniel Bryan, World Heavyweight Championship, WWE Championship, United States Championship, Intercontinental Championship, uh, Tag Team Championship with Kane. 
Am I missing anything? Hooked up on one of the hotter Bellas wins. I'm sorry, but he's an equal-friendly person, and he's still hooked up with plastic. That, you know, it's not an accomplishment in my book. Yeah, he, I think, I think only Belkin, did he ever have the U.S. title? I don't think he did. What was that? I don't think he ever had the U.S. title. Yes, he did. That was his first title he won from The Miz. Okay. At Hell in a Cell 2010. No, at Night of Champions 2010. Because Night of Champions was always after SummerSlam... I remember that. Um, oh, here we go. So, it actually tells you who actually had some success. <laughs> really? Yeah, the biggest success, obviously, was Daniel Bryan. Well, yeah. And... Well, we'll get to him later, but Husky Harris, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Uh, whoever would have thought he would. Husky, if you would have told me that Husky Harris would have turned into Bray Wyatt, I would have called you a friggin' liar. Right. Um, Barrett became a five-time Intercontinental Champion and a King of the Ring winner. I think that was a wasted opportunity. He could have been a good world champion, in my opinion. Right. Um, yeah, and the the only accomplishment he Slater honestly has besides being a tag team champion in the of the group is that he was like the last one to leave besides Daniel Bryan and Husky Harris. Well, see, he's got kids. He needed that. Job. And McGillicuddy. Because he's is that still Curtis there. Axel. Yeah. Or no, didn't Curtis Axel get? He got axed, didn't he? I think he had, was he part the Black Wednesday or Black Tuesday incident not too long yeah. ago? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, Slater had the longest tenure when you really think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Huh. Well, I'll get well, to that in a second, but. No, I'm not going to worry about that. I'll say something about that in a later part of the broadcast. But, so, they come out, they debuted, they did all this shit, they beat up a whole bunch of legends, and then John Cena's like, you know what, you guys need, you know, you need an attitude adjustment. No pun intended. But, I want your team of seven against my team of seven in an elimination match at SummerSlam in the main event. So. Um. Oh. That's, Justin Roberts was not. (laughs) Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me. Even Cena had pulled back then? What? Daniel Bryan didn't get released because of the necktie incident. Really? He spit in Cena's face. Oh! <sighs> but just think what Daniel Bryan is now. 
Just think about that. Who knows what would have happened to Daniel Bryan if that never happened? Right. Something totally different could happen. I mean, I doubt it. This is working other places. Amazing. But who knows where could what could have happened? Right. Um, they had a feud. It went all the way through summer. Um, and, and it ended up being at SummerSlam, where the Nexus would face against Team Cena, which was Cena, Hart, Ed, Bret Hart, by the way, Edge, Chris Jericho, John Morrison, R-Truth, and the returning Daniel Bryan, who replaced the great Kali. Okay. Out of, let's put it, okay. That whole team, minus our truths, unfortunately, I hate saying it, what kind of chance did they really give the Nexus at that point? Right. So we're definitely going to change the shit out of that team. Right. Even if Great Kali would have been on the team. He probably weighs as much as half the Nexus team. Yeah, that's kind of fair. So, yeah, we're definitely going to put a good spit on this and the other thing. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, I don't care what we do, as long as Team WWE, it, it's still led by John Cena, I'll leave it that way, but I want to put the worst of the worst. So, Think of the 2010. Trying to think of 2010 Robert. jobbers. Let me, let me go on my crappy smartphone. Yeah, let's see who the what the roster looked like in the uh, <laughs> roster of 2010 WWE. I don't think it was good, but I think Brooklyn Brawler probably was still available at the time. Um. 2010 WWE roster. Let's see what kind of results I get from this one. Okay. Found on the web. That roster. Oh, I'm just going to go from SmackDown versus Raw. Yeah, that's what I'm also going off of. SmackDown Hotel website. Um, Besides the so stick with Raw, obviously. Um, Hornswoggle. Oh god! Oh my god! So we got Cena, Hornswoggle, Festus. Okay, actually, and by the way, we should be going with the 2011 uh, roster because that was that was the year that that roster. Would have been in full swing. I don't think it's going to change by much. Eh, you'd be surprised. Because I think at the, at the end of this, Carlito was gone. Yeah, Carlito's gone. Um, yeah, let's go strictly raw. Yeah, it's definitely some of the just found on the web results. 
Wados. Okay, I'm still going facing off of the Raw versus SmackDown game anyway. Right. But yeah, some of the stuff honestly changed. Um, but just basing off of Raw, obviously you got Cena. So yeah, let's let's get everything back up to speed here. Um, so obviously, this is this is where we're going to start to change everything. Um, I want Brian still in there. I want Brian to still be part of the Nexus. Okay, so okay, that's that's. So he comes in. I mean, obviously, you, like give him a slap on the wrist or something for something that he didn't have any control over with the tie. I mean, he could have said not to do it. But he could have like gone and talked to him about it, but he didn't do it. So just slap him on the wrist and say, okay, apologize to Justin Roberts and definitely apologize to the face of the fucking company for spitting in his goddamn face. And then continue on with the way they went and killed everybody. Pretty much. So they do that and do that until SummerSlam. Okay, fine. So now it's going to be an eight-on-eight tag team match in the main event elimination style. So. They only had three Nexus members in the game. That's interesting. Why did they only have the three? Yeah, because Justin Gabriel. He, they were DLC. Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, and Wade Barrett. I don't even see Wade Barrett popped up on it. Yeah, because they're in green. I can't believe that they were DLC, and so was Bret Hart. What the hell? Well, Bret Hart, because the legends are, the legends like that are always DLC for some reason. Yeah. Why the hell was Chris Masters a DLC? Right, I think it was because he came back that year. Oh, probably. And, uh, Bulldog and all them. Yeah, that was, that's weird. But it is what it is. Right. But, so, we keep those eight. And, so we keep those eight. And um, Jesus, I don't know how you want to do this. How do you wanna you want to do like a draft somewhat of like picking partners for John Cena for this shit show sh- match? Well, I'm already looking at um. Two candidates already. Right. And being Primo Cleo and Santino Morello. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, Our truth would have been too good for the team at that point. You think so? He was still goofy. Yeah, we'll still keep our truth on there. Um,. And then the last two at the bottom were intriguing too. 
that's just my own person. Right. But I, who else would you have thrown on Team Cena? Okay, so who do we have so far? Besides Cena, we got Primo Pino and Santino Morello. Primo, Santino Morella, and who else? Um, Cena, obviously. Okay, so Primo, Cena, and Santino Morella. Right. Um, who else was a jobber at this point? Up to this point. Um, yeah, let's put Hornswoggle on there. I'm okay with that. He's actually, at this point, he was on SmackDown. Oh, he was? Yeah. Really? Because if you look, he's got the SmackDown thing behind him in this one. He's right next to Goldbust. No shit. Yeah, he was on SmackDown at that. He was on, I think he got drafted to uh, SmackDown that year. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Um. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure you could have got Brooklyn Ball to come back. Right. I don't want to bring back a legend, though. Yeah, Which, no. the fact that we can call him a goddamn legend. Um, what about Zack Ryder and Yoshikatsu? Yeah, they were... They were part of ECW, and then they went to Raw. Right. Okay, so that puts us at, what, five? Yeah. Okay. That's where it gets hard, though. Because whoever's left is actually have Right, which kind of sucks. Because you're trying to... I mean, they can throw in, I guess, David Hart Smith and Evan Bourne. Right, so, okay, so let's put it this way. Um, anybody... Anybody who was in ECW at the end of 2010, is pretty much basically up for eligibility. Okay. Because... Um, I mean, that still doesn't give much more prospects, so... I know, that's the worst part. Well, no. Tito, uh, Tito, what the fuck was his name? I, I vaguely remember the bastardization of ECW. <laughs> Um, do 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 do. Wonder if I can look up the draft that happened that year. Yeah, I want to try to find an actual roster that's not because I know the video game doesn't have everybody. Right. Um. Yeah, it kind of kind of sucks. And it doesn't even give me, like, uh, a good roster afterwards to pick from. Yeah. 
Yeah, because even at the time, Drew McIntyre was amazing. Was he, though? He, he, in my mind, I thought he was. Um... Do, 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 do. CNNWC.com complete 2011 WWE Draft Right. It's just weird because you can't. It's really can't funny. find any good rosters. Yeah, no, it's real, surprisingly, it's really hard. Um. Yeah, this sucks, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, if it's a, a lot of people want to smack them. Yeah, it was weird. It was a weird year. Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins went to Raw that year. Okay, that'll work. Kurt Hawkins went to Raw. So put him in there. Yoshitatsu went to SmackDown, so we gotta take him out. Yeah, but you gotta take him out. JTG went to Raw. Put him in. Put his ass in. He was the weakest member of that team anyway. Right. Oh, why is he got to go to SmackDown? Who? Sin Cara. Oof. Oh, John Cena, he got drafted from SmackDown to Raw and Raw to SmackDown that year. 2010 or 2011? 2011. Because that's how we were looking up. No, no, no. Uh, for the SmackDown versus Raw series. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really giving me any good websites here. It's okay, just it's 20, just hard to think. That's about the best thing I can unfortunately find though. Right. Okay. Okay, okay the so great, the great colleague did go to Uh, no, I have Kali on SmackDown on mine. Uh, that, that's, uh, okay, so here's mine. As this is what I got from... So somebody did a whole new roster with the new draft picks. Um, John Morrison, R-Truth, Edge, Chris Jericho. Uh, those were all transferred from SmackDown to Raw. So, so we have Zack Ryder in there. Obviously. 
Kurt Hawkins is not a thing yet. Kurt Hawkins is still on SmackDown at this point. So, Zack Ryder, Yoshitatsu, Primo, Hornswoggle is on Raw. So, we'll put him in there. So, that's five. So, it's really, we're making it an eight on seven and damage. Okay. No. <laughs> no He's a full I, man, I had, damn it. I had it. I had it. I had it go for the Jerry the King Lawler joke there. It's right there. Put, put Chris Masters in there. Yeah. Yeah, because he was a thing and then he wasn't a thing. Put Chavo Guerrero in there. Unfortunately. So that's seven. Was he Chavo? Was he Corwin White? Was he what? Remember how he went all, like, white American? That was 2005. Oh, that was, that was okay. I couldn't remember. That was such a horrible I to Oh, a horrible fucking gimmick. There was only one good moment out of there that came because of the, uh, I think you were wrong with Cena. No, it, it was Cena that made that whole thing great, but that is what it is. Right. And, uh, Okay, so that's seven. Your choice, and I'll, I'll let you pick. William Regal, Jerry yeah. Lawler, or Evan Bourne? Evan Bourne. Because you have to William Regal's amazing, Jerry Lawler's a legend. That's real Evan That's Bourne. true. William I mean, Regal's a, a legend in his own right. Right. I mean, you could still, you could still probably put Lawler in there? Yeah. Like, plant the seeds for Michael Cole um, putting Jerry Lawler in the match, because everybody knew Michael Cole was an anonymous GM, they just didn't pull the trigger on it. Right, yeah. I could see that, though, but out of three, I'd probably rather pick Evan Bourne. Just pick Evan Bourne because of the high flying? That, though, he needs, he needs some sort of idiot to bounce around like a jackaboo. Okay. So, that's our seven extra. So, Zack Ryder, Yoshitatsu, Primo, Hornswoggle, Evan Bourne, Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Masters. Now, those seven all become part of Team Cena after Team Cena decides to do a little warm-up with his original team, which is the five that we, or the six that we picked beforehand, and for shits and giggles, MVP. Yeah. Now, that happens... They do a practice match, and the practice match was he wanted to he wanted to give his team spirit, wanted to give his team like you know motivation to beat the Nexus. So all your spots are on the line with this next team. It's like JV versus Varsity. Um, let let's go with Varsity versus Modified. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the exception of Evan Bourne, he was actually somewhat good. He was the ringer. Yeah, he was the ringer. He was he was the fourth and one guy. He was <laughs> So that all happens. 
It's the week before SummerSlam. So this match happens the week before SummerSlam. Now the teams are switched. Now instead of it being Edge, Jericho, Bret Hart, um, R-Truth, John Morrison, and MVP, it's Zack Ryder, Yoshitatsu, <laughs> Primo, Hornswoggle, Evan Bourne, Chris Masters, Chavo Guerrero. Because by some unknown reason, they ended up winning their practice match. We don't know how. Because the Nexus got involved. That works. I like it. I just thought it was another Make-A-Wish situation. <laughs> no, the Nexus gets involved. They did, one of them distracts the referee. The other seven are destroying half of these wrestlers. Like the good team, you know, Edge, Christian, or Edge, Jericho, yeah. and them. Is destroying that team. Somebody takes out Cena so that he doesn't get involved. And then... Hornswoggle the, picks up the one, two, three. Hornswoggle, yes, picks up the one, two, three over Chris Jericho. I'll go for that, yeah. <laughs> it was either Jericho or Edge. I don't know who would have the higher... I'd rather go Jericho because I'm too You'd big rather go Jericho? You think he would be okay with that? No, but I'm too big of a fan for Edge to want to even suggest that. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of Jericho too, but Jericho would have a nice hissy fit tantrum as a character, and it'd be hilarious, and I'd want to see it. Right. Okay, so now it's the SummerSlam match, and Cena is pissed. Wouldn't you be too? Right? When you still have your A squad, and all of a sudden you're done to see. Right. It was, it's fantastic now. So now you have all these jobbers and comedy guys, with the exception of Evan Bourne, uh, going up against the Nexus. This dominant heel stable that they've just crafted into this dominant force. And the Nexus are licking their lips like a dog that sees fresh meat. Oh, yeah, I mean, any heel team at that point would, because, I mean, come on. One of the members is Hornswoggle. <laughs> so. I'm just imagining the scene from South Park with Don't Kick the Baby. <laughs> kick the baby! Don't kick the baby! <laughs> and there goes Hornswoggle out of And Hornswoggle hit the stage! That's a fucking record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's good! <laughs> It's and good, it went 20 and long. And then we hear the Spanish announcer go, go! Yeah, he just. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so. First two in the ring is going to be Justin Gabriel, Evan Bourne. We obviously want this match to start going good to make Team WWE look like they're going to have an, an edge. No pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended. So, match is going good. About eight minutes in, um, Gabriel's a little tired. He's on the ground. Evan Bourne got knocked into the corner. Hornswoggle looks like a cocky little shit. Tags himself in. Goes up to the top rope. Goes for the tadpole splash. Gabriel catches him. And just like, no. And then drops into the opposite corner, into the nexus corner. And fucking 450 splashes his ass. And when Gabriel does a 450 splash, it is a thing of beauty. I got one better. Okay. He goes to do the tadpole splash, 
and gets super kicked out of the sky. I'm okay with that. And he goes flying into the next floor. <laughs> I'm good with that. No, he might bounce. You know. Oh, he's definitely gonna bounce. He's a little man. He gets super. I like your idea, but I think the see the little man get super kicked out of the air with the Olympics. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's great shit. Okay, so we'll do that. So now it's eight on seven. And Cena's a little pissed off that Hornswoggle got cocky, but it's okay. So next one in... Clearly out of it at this point. Yeah. And Gabriel rolls him out of the ring. And then Gabriel tags in Heath Slater. So Heath Slater comes in, and now they got to look for a new guy for Team WWE. Cena's about to walk in, and then Zack Ryder jumps in and goes, No, Cena, Cena, I got this. I got this. I got this. Fucking pay dirt. And then Z- Ryder's eliminated. <laughs> oh, Because, <dear. laughs> yeah, that was Heath's finisher move, too, was the pay dirt. He jumped up and dropped him on the face. And, uh, so, pay dirt, done, and Zack Ryder's eliminated, and now Cena's looking even more frustrated. As he would. And, uh, so then he Slater just goes and tags in Skip Sheffield, and now you have Chris Masters, two, you know, two beefy guys going up against each other. As um, bands behind the scenes going... Two big sweaty men. This is some good shit. Yeah, pretty much. So then that happens. So now, now you got a good. Let's say that they can put on a good big guy match. You know, Masters doing the shoulder tackle. Skip's not moving. Skip does a shoulder tackle. Chris isn't moving. And you know that whole thing. They have like a five minute back and forth. Yeah, they have a five minute back and forth doing big guy stuff. Fine, I'm okay with that. Now. What you do is you put you have Masters put the Master Lock on Skip Sheffield and within seconds have Skip break it and then do his little backpack stunner fucking move. I thought, I thought, yeah, that that looked like a dangerous fucking move. Wasn't that like a modified muscle buster almost? I wouldn't say modified. Okay, so he no, what he does is he puts him on his back like a backpack. And his their head on his shoulder. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember. Okay. Yeah, and then he yeah, sits down with them sitting down on top of it. I'm like, that's such a dangerous move. Because the whiplash will not alone. Exactly. Is that so, the, uh, if they landed wrong on the behind, the tail? Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, so now Masters is out. Now we're looking at eight on five. Uh, and who do we got left? We got Yoshitatsu, Primo, Chavo, Cena, and Evan Bourne. Right, yeah. Um, who at should go point, in next? Do we at least give Team WWE at least one, at least some eliminate one person? Oh, you know what? I'll let them keep the elimination of Darren Young because he was the first one eliminated and should be the only one that got eliminated. That works. So we'll let we'll let Chavo become the hero, quote unquote, of this match. 
So Chavo and Darren Young now are in the mix, and Chavo is kicking Darren Young's ass. He's pulling out the three amigos, pulling out the like the arm bar with the twist off the top rope into the head scissors that Uncle Eddie used to do. Yeah, he's just pulling out all the stops. Eliminates Darren Young. Fine. We'll get rid of Darren Young. He was like the least popular member of the Nexus besides Michael Tarver. I know. Totally forgot. Right. But he was he was the first one eliminated in the SummerSlam match, so we'll keep that intact and then have him get kicked out the next night. And there there will be a there will be a legitimate reason for that this time. Not just because they all had matches and Darren Young lost his. Right. Okay. Whatever. So then Chavo's so excited and so pumped that he walks in the Wade Barrett into a wasteland. Yeah, because that's what he was doing at the time. Yeah. And then one, two, three, Chavo's out. So now it's Bourne, Primo, Cena, and Yoshitatsu. So now it's four on seven. Wade Barrett goes back, gets Michael Tarver in. Michael Tarver, I don't know what the fuck his finisher was. I don't even remember. I totally forgot. I don't even remember who he was. Let's just say he big boots somebody. I don't know. Right. Or roll some off or some shit. I can't. I yeah. Him and Yoshitatsu get in. Michael Tarver's doing his little boxing thing because he was a former boxer too. On top of being a male stripper. Again, that's what I'm assuming the way he looked. Um, I guess it's good for him. Right, good for him. But, so then Yoshitatsu's doing his kicks, Michael Tarver's getting his boxing in, um, and then Yoshitatsu goes for an Izaguri, Tarver catches him, rolls him up, one, two, three, now you got Cena, Primo, and Evan Bourne versus the Nexus, seven on three. Right. Now Primo's in, because Evan Bourne is still a little worn out from the first part, and we're about... In real time, it'd probably be about, we're about 12 minutes into the match, 12, 13 minutes into the match, and they I took a good, you're thinking 15, because they're, yeah, okay, actually, no, let's think about this. If we're giving the big guys the five-minute spot, and we gave Gabriel and Evan Bourne an eight-minute spot, eight to ten-minute spot, so we're looking into at least 20 minutes now. Yeah. That's, that's so, right. so Bourne's somewhat fresh, but Primo hasn't gotten in yet. So, Primo goes in. I have no idea what Primo's moves would be at this time. Um, well, I think Primo, the way he should be able to whoever comes in, can't send one big move to Primo now. Um, who hasn't gotten in yet? Uh, Darren Young, Wade Barrett, Heath Slater. Oh, Daniel Bryan. There we go. So, Daniel Bryan comes in. Uh, Primo comes in. Knees him. I'm just gonna say that right. Boom! Big knee right into the face. He's out cold. Um, yeah, because I don't think he was doing the bell lock yet. Or no, he wasn't doing anything yet. Yeah, we'll just go with he kicks some some does some kind of weird ass kick catches him in the dome. One, two, oh yeah, Primo's out. Pins him one two three. So now uh, Gabriel's been in. Barrett's been in, Young's been in, Brian's been in, Sheffield's been in, Slater's been in, I'm missing two. Nope, Tarver's been in, 
Oh, God, now I gotta Tar- think about this. Yeah. Tarver, Barrett, Young. Oh, Otunga. I'm missing Otunga. Yeah, okay. And uh, Otunga, Slater, Gabriel, Tarver, Shipfield, Young, Brian, Barrett. Okay, that makes sense because Young got eliminated. Sure. Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. So that's that's what threw me off. Okay. Because I was doing one for one. Like, whoever came in from the Nexus eliminated that right. fellow superstar. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what threw me off. Okay. Okay. So now David Otunga comes in. So now it's Evan Bourne. And John Cena versus the rest of the Nexus. Um, I'm gonna do it this way, and you might want to. You might correct me on it. I could be wrong. Okay, let's see where this goes. It's Evan Bourne versus David Otunga. Okay, that's how I'm gonna do this. Otunga goes in. Just starts powerhousing Evan Bourne, throwing him around, making the Otunga look like a fucking Greek god. And then, for one reason or another, Cena just steps in and just, like, tries to stop Otunga. And then, the rest of the Nexus follow suit. They come in, stand behind Otunga. And Cena looks at the Nexus, looked at Evan Bourne, looks back at the Nexus, Evan Bourne finally stands back up, puts Evan Bourne in the attitude adjustment, throws him off the fucking shoulders onto the mat, lets Otunga pin him, one, two, three. No, I, I like that. I was even, I like that round a lot you to go, they got counted out both the two or some nonsense. But no, I, I like the way you went with that one. Because at this point, he's pissed. He's ready to break out the golden shovel to do. And he thinks he can do it by himself. Right. He's just like, you know what? I'm turning heel, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. I'm going to beat Evan Bourne senseless with an attitude adjustment so that Otunga can pin him. And I'm going to be like, okay, you motherfuckers. Seven on one. Let's do this. And then everybody goes back to the corner and Otunga and Cena are in the ring. And Cena looks at Otunga and goes, no, I want Barrett. And Barrett's like, okay, tag me in, Otunga. And Barrett gets tagged in. Him and Cena run around the ring for like a minute. Like they're just like locking eyes with each other in the ring and they're just like running around in the ring. Right. And then Barrett just does the you can't see me. And fucking Nitro 1999, finger poker doom. Cena drops to the floor. <laughs> Barrett pins Cena. One, two, three. <laughs> I like the finger poker dooms so much. Or you can always go the flick and disdain to flick them. A what? This thing, you know how people like flick something off their finger? It's flicking them in the nose. Oh, yeah. Drop. Oh, there you go. No, here's what you do. You <laughs> oh, God, I can't wait. You know how he always was doing the okay at that time? Like the, the double hand gesture okay, the O and the three fingers up? Yeah, yeah. 
Barrett brings that up on the one hand and hits Cena in the chest. Okay. <laughs> Cena drops one, two, three. The Nexus all celebrate. David o- or Darren Young comes back into the ring, celebrates with the rest of the Nexus. Cena looks defeated. He's just like, oh my god, I can't believe I lost. Like, he's just making a mockery of the whole fucking thing. And then he's shaking hands with each and every single one of them until he gets to Darren Young. He shakes Darren Young's hand but pulls him in for the attitude adjustment, throws him out, grabs a mic and says, You are no longer part of the Nexus. And then we find out who the absolute leader was. Oh, John Cena! I love it. Honestly, that's the way fucking SummerSlam should have ended. Was Cena showing that he was part of the Nexus. Instead of the way I think they actually put him in the Nexus. Oh, that was so stupid. Yeah. And no, I am not going to redo everything after the Nexus. That can... That can go just be, like, retconned by itself. I am perfectly fine with not doing that. That's a whole other can of worms I don't feel like diving into. Exactly. (laughs) So with that, that's how we end the Nexus in 2010 in SummerSlam with John Cena becoming the leader. Yeah. Which is how it should have fucking gone. Yeah, if any, there would have been a good see it, seen a heel turn, that would have been a good time to do it. You think? Mm-hmm. So with that, we're going to go with the ending segment of the show, and it's going to be F. Mary Kill, and this time I get the pick. Oh, boy. And we're going to do Nexus. I much. John Cena, CM Punk, Wade Barrett. Okay, I'd kill Cena because I couldn't see him. Then how can you kill him? I don't know. I couldn't marry him because I can't see him. Well, you could marry him, you just wouldn't be able to see him this your whole marriage, like every fucking woman that he would be with. Nah, I'd rather marry Punk at that point. Okay. Um, That's some fuck Wade Barrett because I'm afraid I've got some bad news for him that's only a one night thing. Um, what the fuck? And then I just play hide the Cena and just totally forget about him and I just want to die for some stupid reason. I don't know. <laughs> I hit him in the face with his own bolt and shovel. There you go. Only way to kill him is to chop his head off. Pretty much. Love it. Okay. Well, that's it, guys. That's the podcast. <laughs> It was an interesting uh, one, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, if you guys like this, you know, always keep on sharing it. Always try to find more people to listen to it. Um, like I said, this is good. This is probably going to be the new format of the show where we do the news and then we just rebook it a stupid way. And you know, by stupid it, way, we just take the original idea and just toss it off a building like Baron Corbin did to Aleister Black and Rick Mysterio. 
Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I had to throw it on my Yeah, we're just we're pretty much taking this idea and pushing it somewhere else. <laughs> like that meme where you see the car going down the road. You got the exit, the normal looking, and then the sharp left turned up. What the fuck did I just do? Exactly. So, uh, next week, you know what? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go big. I'm gonna go something that should have been probably corrected, but in a different way. Um, let's go with the stalker angle in 2001 during the invasion storyline between DDP and Undertaker. Oh, you're that's the next one we're doing and I got a perfect idea for who the stalker should be it won't be DDP I want to know how this can get worse because that was already bad enough as it was well with all the WCW wrestlers that were at the time I can I can get a good gamble on this I can't wait for next week folks <laughs> okay see you guys next week and have fun